Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. You are Locked On Mavericks. Your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. All right, welcome into Locked on Mavericks for Monday, October 31st. That's right, it's Halloween. I hope you uh, pass out in the appropriate front yard this evening and you're not in a stranger's yard because that's how warrants happen. Uh, I got my coffee going. I got new batteries in the Tascam. I listened to a couple tracks off Dirty Sprite too, so I'm ready to roll. And uh, we'll go ahead and welcome in my co-host, uh, Jacob Kemp of Sports Radio 1310, the ticket at not Jack Kemp on Twitter, if you will. How you doing, pal? Pretty good little start to the season. <laughs> Pretty good little start. <clears throat> best best own three team out there. Could couldn't ask for more, really. <laughs> yeah, if you uh if you want to freak the hell out right now, like that's fine. I'm I think I'm actually like okay with 0 three at this moment. Um, because if you told me Dirk didn't play. Uh, in two of those games, and I think both the teams they've played are better than them. Like I'm all right with it, but <laughs> how many how many losses until I'm the dog sitting in the kitchen with the fire burning around me, just going, it's "This fine. is fine. This it's is totally fine." fine. <laughs> what are we yeah. talking about here? Yeah, well, you can commiserate with us. That's what we're here for. Exactly. We'll walk you through it. Uh, last night's game in particular, we'll probably spend most of the time on that. Um, because I don't think anybody genuinely watched it. So <laughs> we'll walk you through it. So Cowboys were going on. World Series was going on. Uh, a lot of stuff coming at you uh, on a Sunday evening. Probably popped you. Probably popped a little Westworld on. Who knows? But uh, we'll get you up to date on what happened last night. But, yeah, this is the uh, Locked On Mavericks podcast. We're part of the uh, Locked On Podcast Network, if you didn't add two and two together. Uh, there's the Locked On Dallas Cowboys as well, if you want to check that out. Locked On Fantasy. Locked On NBA is always a great listen if you want to nerd out and uh, get rolling on that. Mavericks season has started. That means you need to get out to a game. That means you need to check out SeatGeek. You can do it online or you can do it through the app, which is what I would recommend. It can be on your phone at all times. You can pull up stuff um, on the move, check out all the tickets available for an event such as Adele is coming on November number November 2nd, starting at $171. We got uh, Green Day Cowboys tickets as well, starting at 70 Redskins at Cowboys November 24th. Um, and, of course, all your Mavericks tickets in there. And SeatGeek will gobble up all the tickets from all the other vendors, put them in one spot for you so you don't spend an hour chasing around ticket prices. They'll grade them for you. Green dot is good value. Red dot is bad value. But what you care about is saving that money. And how you do that with us is you download that SeatGeek app on your phone. Go to enter promo code. uh, Or the My tab, I'm sorry. Go to uh, enter or add promo code. And throw the promo code 
L-O Mavs in there, as in Locked On Mavs. And that'll save you 20 bucks off your first ticket purchase on SeatGeek. So whatever the real price is, you go ahead and whack 20 off the top with a machete, and that is your actual cost. They'll send it back to you either via your PayPal or via a, uh, a rebate check, and there you go. You're going to a cool event. You're at a Mavericks game. You save 20 bucks, and uh, you're having a great fall. You're really setting it up nicely for a, uh, a perfect fall for yourself. So there you go. There's, uh, there's Seat Geek for you. Um, we are Locked on Mavericks. I'm Mike Marshall. That's Jacob Kemp. You can submit some questions. We'll eventually use them, I promise, at Locked on Mavs or Locked on Mavs G- at gmail.com. But let's, uh, let's dive into last night's, um, I don't even know the adjective, expected, expected loss. Um, <laughs> like if you're expecting somebody to come up to you and just uh, punch you straight in the eye, uh, then it doesn't feel as bad. And that's kind of how I feel whenever we play the Rockets. Um, 92 to 93 loss uh, in Houston. Mavs are now 0 and 3. Um, short story uh, James Harden gets free throws with uh, 0.1 second left on the clock. What else could be more, could be more fitting uh, in a Rockets Mavs uh, tangle than that? Uh, we'll jump through some play-by-play here in just a second of the final uh, couple minutes and what happened. But Curry gets the start in place of Berea. I like who, that better, by the way. Oh, I do for sure. <laughs> I prefer Berea off the bench, well, as always. Well, when Berea – I charted, like, every play from the first game, and the only person that Berea would run pick and roll with or pick and pop, the only two people, was Dirk and Dwight Powell. So if he's out there with the first unit, I don't know who he's running pick and roll or pick and pop with. Yeah. So you throw Curry out there, you keep Berea in his natural habitat, um, coming off the bench, second unit, so you can run pick and roll or pick and pop with Dwight Powell, and he can raise hell that way. So uh, Curry plays, doesn't really do a whole lot. Um, I think he's over three on the night with zero points and 24 minutes, which is pretty discouraging if you're uh, – if you took the over on Steph Curry hype in the preseason. <laughs> but the Mavericks start in the most uh, Mavericks fashion possible, um, allowing 34 points in the first quarter. Houston shoots 63% from three in the first. Um, and here is the average Mavericks defensive first quarter this season. Yeah. 30 points allowed, 55% from three on, on seven threes. A 119 defensive rating and a net 23.6 overall. Until you fix the first quarters, <laughs> none of the rest of this crap matters. The reason, I, the reason I think that the first quarter, second quarter stuff is so interesting, and it's really been this way for the past like three years, is just that they don't have enough two-way players. Yep. So that's how they – to me, that's how they end up in these situations where they're constantly – it's Rick's staring at the – uh, chalkboard like freaking Goodwill Hunting trying to come up with an equation that yeah. somehow you know gets offense and defense on the floor at the same time and does it for long enough and they just don't really have I mean we should qualify anything we say about Friday or Sunday with this team is definitely not good enough to win without Dirk no absolutely not so maybe if they'd won last night even if they give up 34 in the first half or excuse me in the first quarter Maybe they're able to score a little bit more in the first quarter, so maybe they're not, you know, Houston's not running off of a miss so much. You know what I mean? Like maybe if the mm-hmm. like if the first quarter's thirty-one to thirty-two, the Mavs down. Yeah. 
with Dirk yep. in the lineup, then you're not ma- you, maybe you're not making as big a deal out of this. I don't know, but mm-hmm. they the first quarter because when a, a couple uh, years ago it wasn't the first quarter, it was the second quarter. Yeah. It was the first and third were fine, but the second quarter they would just get beat up. They just they don't have enough two way players to have two full units, and they definitely don't have enough without Dirk. Yeah, and whenever you talk about like it, we it's easier to search. Um, and pop out a stat in terms of, like, the 12 minutes of a first quarter, of a second quarter. But it's about the lineups, like you said. It's about how the lineup fits together and where and what areas of the court do they end up in the red and what area do the, on the, of the court do they end up in the black. And I don't know how many lineups the Mavs roll out um, right now without Dirk that anything ends up in the black outside yeah. of maybe just playing at a better pace. So... Mavs trail by 10, entering the fourth. They were down uh, by nine, actually, with four minutes left. They get back into it with some pretty good defense on uh, James Harden, holding Houston to 13 points and uh, one of seven from three in the fourth quarter, five of 17 overall in that fourth quarter. So here's the final four minutes, because I'm sure you didn't watch the game. You are probably watching uh, that badass Cowboys win. Um, so here you go. They're down nine. With four minutes uh, left, Brea hits a long three. That was pretty ill-advised, but he knocked it down, so whatever. Matthews shoots a pretty bad three, gets his own rebound, puts it back. Uh, let's see, Matthews picks Harden's pocket for a run out on a two, uh, on a layup. So that's seven straight points right there. Uh, Matthews draws a charge on Harden. And then uh, Wes Matthews takes a really bad pull-up from the baseline. Yeah, I don't know what that was. A little fadeaway. I've, I've never seen him take that shot from the baseline. Yeah. I literally have never seen him do that. That's a Kobe shot. <laughs> um, two and a half minutes left in a two-point game. Yeah, that was, dude, well, I'll do my best to not turn this into a throw rocks at Wes Matthews session because I don't feel like that's healthy right now. But, um, guy, he's got to chill, man. <laughs> um, so they trap Harden. At the other end of the court, deciding that he's not going to score in these final two minutes. So he swings it to Ariza. Ariza dumps it down to Nene on a real simple um, attack. So they go up uh, 87-91. So they're by four now. Wes has a uh, another awful step back contested three. And then he locks down Harden pretty well, who takes a step back two and misses it. Barnes draws a shooting foul on the other end on the attack, which I thought was pretty nifty. Uh, so he knocks both those free throws down, 89-91. Harden draws a shooting foul on the other end, 89-92 now. Uh, Barnes tries a Dirk one-legged fadeaway against Eric Gordon in the post. And one of the disconcerting things, I guess, so far is whenever Barnes gets that kind of mismatch, he doesn't, like, just destroy somebody. Yeah. Like Aaron Gordon's size. Um, he just kind of lets him manipulate where he's going to go. He takes what the defense gives him. And I'm like, dude, you are so much more physical and athletically gifted than that human being. Just bully him. He, he hasn't done it yet. doesn't seem thus far to have the disposition for that. Yeah, exactly. And, I don't know if that's a learned thing either. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And I don't know if your offense doesn't really come in the pick and roll, then if you have limited – if you have an, a limited assortment of offensive options, you have to be really, really willing to go to all of them. Oh, yeah. You can't be scared of one of the three moves you have. That Right. He he really should be bullying dudes, like you said, like Gordon, like Eric Gordon, with yeah. regularity. Right. One thing this team's actually been, like, really good at and um, probably 
good at on the whole uh, in the last couple of years is finding mismatches like that. Like they draw up plays that you don't think are successful, um, like actions necessarily of getting someone a wide open shot. But what they're trying to do is either like screen a screener or uh, come off and force the mismatch in the post. And they're really good at that, actually. Um, it's just Harrison Barnes has to be better once they get to that part of the formula. Yeah. Um, let's see. West plays pretty good defense on Harden, forces an air ball. Harden wanted to call, obviously, on that one. They try to get Darren on a pin down. This is the, uh, this is the final play on the Mavericks' end of the court. They try to get Darren on a, uh, on a pin down. He runs through a basically a double screen. Um, then they have West run through it again, and it just like, looks like people running in circles. And then uh, it, neither of them work. Neither of them get open. So West just steps out to the game log. The, uh, the tracker says 27 feet. I'm going to call BS on that. I think that was a 30-foot shot. Yeah. And he buries a, uh, a wild-ass three um, to tie the game uh, at 92. And then, of course, um, four, I think it's four seconds left, something like that. Um, Houston has a side out on their end of the court. And basketball cancer James Harden uh, draws a BS foul. And he tugs West's jer- West jersey to pull him into him uh, to get open initially, to even get the ball. Um, and then I watched this thing about 15 times. And the ball is out of Harden's hand. So if you're going to call this a foul, that's fine. He gets a, a superstar, gets a superstar call, does the BS that he usually does. Whatever. That's, that's fait accompli. Like, I knew that was going to happen. The ball is out of Harden's hand at .9 left on the clock. And they leave it at .1 when the ball hits the ground. And that's the sticking point because the Mavericks were pretty pissed about that. They requested to send a pool reporter to inquire why, why officials did not review the play at the end of the game to determine if more than .1 seconds should have been on the clock after James Harden's game-winning free throw. By rule, this is the, uh, this is the official talking, which is this practice of sending pool reporters to go like... That's <laughs> <laughs> so weird. This is the weirdest thing we do in sports, right? Yeah, let's... Uh, he, what, it's, you're Woodward and Bernstein all of a sudden now as a guy who came to get... Uh, Ticket ticker tape. <laughs> yeah, never mind the fact that you were probably just like having a couple of uh, dosakis on the platinum level, just hanging out <laughs> for half for half the game and just getting free free cookies. Um, they sent they pick somebody. They're like uh, McMahon, go do it. And he's like, man, I wasn't I wasn't watching. What? <laughs> so they send a uh, pool reporter, and this is a quote from the official: "By rule, unless the clock goes to zero, I am not allowed to go over and review and possibly put time back on the clock." It's from Ken Maurer. I'm just not allowed to. He had the clock had the clock gone to zero, then I would have been able to go over there and review to look at the clock. But because the clock did not go to zero without definitive knowledge, I'm not allowed. It's not a viewable trigger. I think that's BS. I don't know if it's written somewhere that you can't review putting time back on the clock. I've seen that a thousand times. Yeah. Like whether it's just a judgment call from the official. Because one of them, like on a play like that, they're not all staring at Harden. One of them's literally looking at the end of game clock. One of them's literally looking at the shot clock, where there wouldn't be a shot clock in that scenario. You could just go talk to that official, and he could say, yeah, I think it's this. I'm not sure. Let's go review it. Let's get it right. Let's not get worried about the mechanics of the BS of reviewing a play. But I guess that's the cry of the loser whenever uh, James Harden cuts your throat 
<laughs> That's yeah, kind of what happens. I don't know. I, I, I don't think it's the cry of the loser. I, I, I have less an issue with uh, the clock situation just because I don't understand it and how mm-hmm. the rule's written than I do with the fact that it's one thing that he gets calls whenever he is clearly um, gaming the system, but it's another thing right. when he's actually fouling you. <laughs> Yes. Like he's fouling that's, that's he's fouling Matthews and you get the ball back, maybe they go on and lose in overtime and you know start this wonderful pace of the Mavericks playing an overtime game every week. Mm-hmm. But you at least you're getting the ball back. Right. I mean he he's clearly fouling Matthews. So yeah. you're taking the ball back when it's tied and again, you you scored nine straight points. You maybe you shouldn't even have been in that spot. I don't know. But I know the rule is that an offensive player can't do what he's doing to, to Matthews and right then he goes on to score it's just a gut punch so we're trying to spin moral victory but you're 0-3 and, and you're 0-3 yeah. uh, like you said maybe against two teams that are better than you but the, the Rockets shouldn't be that much better than you they're I think the Rockets and Mavericks I think we put them pretty close to one another whenever we did over-unders I think the more concerning thing is that I don't believe Dirk is just sick no I don't either um, and I tweeted that out, that out the other night whenever he was at practice and he said his Achilles was sore. Um, I mean, he has had issues like this before. I think year before last, he had a stomach bug that lasted like a month. Um, and that was the year that everyone started predicting demise for Dirk uh, two seasons ago. I think it was December, January. He had a stomach bug for like four to six weeks, and he just played like crap, dude. He couldn't knock down a three. He didn't look like he didn't look like he had legs. It looked like he came in and like, hadn't prepared for the season. So I know how this, this kind of thing like affects him, but I don't think he sits with a stomach bug. That's what I'm I saying. Think, he may have a stomach bug, but <laughs> yeah, there's something else going on. And if yeah. it lingers too long, they're going to be buried because yeah. they don't have, especially when Wes Matthews, I don't have it in front of me right now, but he's got to mm-hmm. be sub 25% from three this year. Yeah, let me pull him up. I got him right in front of me. Let's see. And a lot of these are uncontested looks. I mean, in the game last night, he had quite a few open shots. Yeah. No, put your put whatever you're drinking down because he's 18% from three. Yeah. I mean, 18. if you don't have Dirk and you have a starter who you basically, his defense is great. Um, we all love it. But if his, if his game is predicated on the long ball and he's going to take, what, 10 a game? Yeah. Then, six of six of thirty three, so eleven threes a game. If you're, I mean, you just can't have a guy taking eleven no. threes a game, shooting sub twenty percent, and not have Dirk and expect to beat anybody. So, right. I guess on one hand, it's pretty obvious to point to what they have to correct. They have to get their best player back and a starter who you kind of rely on is probably your third, maybe fourth option offensively, maybe sometimes higher than that. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to work because he doesn't have another, he doesn't have any other game, especially if he's going to take these trash 17 footers from the baseline that then that one actually was pretty contested so yeah I don't know I'm kind of at a loss with Wes Matthews at this point I guess it's I'm pleasantly surprised by Harrison Barnes so it kind of balances out but sure you know they they got bombed from three in the first half they at least got that together in the second half so I'm searching for things that are potential positives right let me uh let me lay some stats on you that I found this morning uh, Wes Matthews is now 37th in PER at the shooting guard position. Um, when he's on court, he's a negative 7.7 net rating. Off court, without him on the court, the Mavericks are a plus 10.9. Uh, 
He's allowing 45% on threes against. The leaderboard for uh, – I'm trying to figure out why the Mavericks are so bad at defending the three right now. <laughs> That's basically what I'm trying to do because they're allowing 44% from three. Um, Darren's allowing 50%. Uh, Curry's, allowing fi- Curry's allowing 50%. Barnes is allowing 40 And somehow Berea is only allowing 20%. And I told you Wes is allowing 45 Um I really don't want to kick Wes Matthews in the teeth any more than I have to, but that's not a formula that's going to win you any game. And that's what got Jameer Nelson's ass traded out of here. Yeah. Because they know how critical it is to limit threes and to not give people clean looks on threes. And you that's just not it's not what their team is built to do. You can't overcome that. Some of it will, uh, I'm sure, come back down to earth a little bit. You know, it's not. Yeah. Gonna, they're not going to give up 44 percent from three all year, but. Right. I mean, it is two uh, games. It is two games of the Rockets. That's right. And it's a. It was a really, uh, really hot shooting Pacers team. Which you know, are you hot or is the defense really bad? Um, so on the season, opponents are shooting 44 percent from three against them, 47 percent overall. Point of reference for that last year, opponents shot 34 percent and 45 from the field. Um, the clutch rating, remember how last year, how fun that was? It's pretty good. How, the, how they were a plus 16 last year. Uh, this year, negative 8.2 mm. in the 13 minutes of clutch basketball they've played. So I guess, which two things, which of these two things are you more worried about? The Mavericks legitimately having a chance to start 0-5 or the Dirk, the Dirk bugaboo? Dirk. Okay. By far, because uh, well, one they're related. I mean, they wouldn't be Owen. They wouldn't be looking at zero and five if there was a <laughs> if Dirk, they would have won one of these two games if Dirk played in both of them. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, that. I, I think I think I split with Houston if Dirk plays. Yeah, so for sure to me, Dirk for sure because mm-hmm. I am I I like the idea of finding ways for Harrison Barnes to score thirty points. Right, and it's fun to watch. And at some point, we have to wrap our head around it, but. They are not a competitive team in the Western Conference without him. So if he's yeah. if he's conti- if he's out much longer, then I'm gonna freak out. Yeah, and you can throw Curry or Berea or whoever in there. It really doesn't matter um, because your team's so thin, and you have to take extreme advantage of the few advantages you have. Right. Like you have to hit home runs uh, offensively with Berea, Dirk, pick and rolls. You can't just be average on in the areas the few the few areas where you get the check mark on the uh on the matchup graphic like you have to kill them on that and if Dirk's not out there you can't do any of that um all right next game will be Wednesday night at the Utah Jazz who just had a disgusting game against the Clippers I watched some of that last night while I was at uh at work I think it was 88 yeah I, I saw the I saw the final and kept updating thinking the game wasn't over no, no, eighty-eight seventy-five. Uh, Clippers went on like a twenty-two-zero run at one point <laughs> in the uh, second and third quarters uh, into halftime, and just said, "I've had enough of this." But uh, Utah is not starting the season well. Uh, one and two, ninety-eight point one offensive rating, second slowest pace in the league, and they're still operating without Gordon Hayward, who everybody thought. You know, hey, oh, it'd be fine. We'll just slide Rodney Hood in here or something like that. And, uh, yeah, they're not going so hot either. So, Wednesday night, we get a matchup of two teams pretty desperate. I don't know if uh, 
I don't know if uh, Jerry Fraley is going to call it a must win, <laughs> but uh, but uh, I might I might support him at this point. Yeah. And and then Friday uh, home against Portland. And will you be doing? Do you have Mavs post Friday? I would, except I'll be in Cleveland. Ooh. So and you and I might need to talk about that. You obviously yeah. can't do it, but somebody will. Yeah. I uh, we're doing Cowboys Cowboys Browns. Ooh, awesome! That sounds like fun. Um, all right, well, we'll get out of here. We'll be with you tomorrow talking whatever the hell we're talking. But uh, thank you for listening. Feel free to rate, review, and uh, subscribe to Locked On Mavericks. And uh, Jacob, thank you for your time. We'll see you, man.